0: Ah and we are live. Welcome back to Takes By Fans. We have a great show for you today. As always, we are live every single day at noon Eastern. If you want to watch live, head over to twitch.tv slash takes by fans. If you want to watch live if you want to watch but not live, head over to our YouTube channel, Takes by Fans. We post all of our shows and clips of the show there on a daily basis. And if you just want to listen, we are on podcasting apps, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. However you want to watch or listen, we've got you covered multiple ways. Alrighty, today is a big old Thursday, so now we can finally guess and react to the next round of the playoff lines. We've got four games, two games on Saturday, two games on Sunday. Unfortunately, we're not getting three each day like we did last week. But, you know, season's coming down to the end. We're going to get, you know, the best versus the best. That's, you know, what you want to see out there. So we're going to guess, react to all the lines on uh, Saturday. And Sunday. And uh, yeah, that's basically what we got going on today. Um, Also, we are going to be talking, kind of switching over a little bit more heavier to basketball starting next week on Monday. Next week, there's only going to be two NFL games, so now we have more time in the show, and now we can kind of shift focus a little bit to the NBA season since, you know, it's past that kind of 10-game minimum, so now we can see who's the real teams. We just got a big, big, big trade from yesterday that we're going to be breaking down today. So, now that the NBA is starting to get into some full swing here, the NFL, you know, get Getting down to only two games a week now, so we are going to be talking a little bit more NBA in the show um, next, starting next week on Monday. Alrighty, now, let's get into our daily stories. Here we go. The first one. This one's been been talking about a lot, but here it is. Jacksonville and former Ohio State head coach Urban Meyer are in advanced talks, and Adam Schefter saying that the deal could get done today. These two sides are looking like it's going to happen. It's just when. When and what's the deal gonna be. So Urban Meyer, congratulations to Jacksonville. That's gonna be a pretty decent hire, I would imagine. The only one knock that I would probably have on Urban Meyer. He's won the games. He's won the big games. We know this, but When it got to the college football playoffs, when that was really implemented, I mean, Urban Meyer only was part of the playoffs, I think, only one season. Now, he won the actual, you know, bowl game. He won the title game when, you know, the first year of the playoffs. But ever since then, he was never in the top four. So that's a little concerning. Ohio State has a great recruiting program. They're always getting the best recruits because they're, The biggest name, I mean, Alabama, Ohio State, those were the two kings of college football. Now Clemson has really started to find their way in these last, you know, four, five, six years. And who's the other one? Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State. I feel like I'm forgetting one. Um, Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State. That's pretty much it. That's pretty much the big three. So the fact that Urban Meyer wasn't really getting into the college football playoffs at the end of his career... A little bit of a red flag, but we can't we can't knock everything he's done since then. I mean, look at this. I mean, when he was with um, you know, Florida, he won two BCS National Championships games. That's fantastic. He's always winning the bowl games. He lost one bowl game at Florida. All right. That's what I want to see. If you're a head coach, are you winning your bowl game? And if you're making it to the championship game, are you winning that game? That's really, you know, what I want to see if you're a college head coach. And Urban Meyer's got it all good, but when we look at what he did at Ohio State in his last couple seasons, Yes, he won You know the college football championship in 2014, but in 2015, he didn't even get there, just playing the Fiesta Bowl. He won the bowl game, though, so we give him credit. Then in 2016, once again, Fiesta Bowl, but he lost it. Not the best. And then 2017, Cotton Bowl wins it. 2018 Rose Bowl wins it, but, I mean, those aren't national championship games. Those aren't, you know, the top four teams in the in the college football. So, a little bit of a red flag, but overall, I mean, nobody can knock all these accolades he's got. He's a very sought-after head coach. Didn't even, you know, kind of played the field a little bit through, you know, the last two years. He could have jumped right in. He left um, Ohio State in 2018. Could have started coaching in 2019, but he took a year off, another year off, and now he's finally found a source. He's going to go get Trevor Lawrence at number one. He's gonna have his franchise quarterback and maybe that's what Urban Meyer wants. So uh, you know, we'll keep an eye on him. Obviously, we'll be seeing him next season and seeing how he elevates this one in fifteen Jags team. I'm sure he can do a little bit better than that. So <laughs> at least the bar is low for Urban Meyer, right? alrighty is this even good news I don't know Browns coach Kevin Stefanski returns to practice today with the Browns yeah no more COVID-19 he's clear but it, did we just see what the Browns did without their head coach I mean it was fantastic Baker Mayfield looked good nobody nobody floundered in that game it was truly impressive to watch the fact that your head coach wasn't there and you still were going a thousand percent and everything was going your way and you called the perfect game whoever was calling plays for them congratulations because 'Cause we've seen it's not easy to call a game plan with Baker Mayfield at the helm. We saw Freddie Kitchen struggle. We saw, you know, the interim head coach when um you know, um when they fa or when when they had no wide receivers, you know, when they faced the Jets and lost that game. So, you know, it's not easy to coach Baker Mayfield, turns it over a couple of times if you let him kind of, you know, do whatever he wants but very well done the browns put up 40 plus points great on defense great on offense great in the fourth quarter to actually close out the game as well kevin stefanski i mean is he, is he going to ruin this i don't know i mean we saw what he did against that jets game i mean it, it was truly mind boggling what the man did but um i guess we can you know maybe just chalk that one up as you know the outlier game so kevin stefanski is back on the sideline with the browns and I don't know, man. A little bit of, you know, playoff mojo. I think <laughs> I think I would be keeping Kevin Stefanski at home. I don't know. I don't know if you're going to put up 40 points again and you're going against the Chiefs. I don't know. It's going to be a tough one for the Browns this week, but they definitely have the talent. They definitely have, um, you know, the pieces to go get it done, but it's going to be tough. Alrighty, righty, here we go. <laughs> Steelers, they part way with their offensive coordinator, Randy Fickner. Yes, good. I mean, did you see that offense? That offense was super pathetic, folks. I mean, it was even worse than um, Seattle's offense, and that offense was really, really struggling. So I understand why the Steelers part way with the offensive coordinator. Um, you know, they just weren't getting it done. They never established the, the, the run game, and he was dinking and dunking with Big Ben Roethlisberger with, like, five great wide receivers. I mean, the Steelers are... The folks at wide receiver, Deontay Johnson, um Juju Smith Schuster, um K- Cam Hay or Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith Schuster. Chase Claypool, James Washington. I mean, folks, uh, those are four big, big wide receivers, and they still weren't doing anything with them. Now, understand, maybe Big Ben was a little limited down the stretch in his arm, and I get that, but you, st- this is your job. I mean, you've got talent. Find ways to scheme, ways to get the talent open. I mean, the Browns are doing it fantastic. They're doing it fantastic, but here... The Steelers aren't doing it. I mean, if you can't throw the ball, then run the ball. But they never did that either. So I definitely agree with the Steelers here parting ways with their um, offensive coordinator. But they didn't just stop there, folks. They are getting rid of their offensive line coach and defensive backs coach. So, a little bit of an overall here, or an overhaul here in uh, Pittsburgh. Is it going to be for the better? Is Big Ben still going to play next season? So, we still have a couple question marks up in the air. But overall, of just talent on this roster, they should be good to go next season, folks. I mean, this Steelers team, they've got the talent. Now, they do have a lot of mouths on those talents. I mean, they were even, you know, still calling the Browns trash and said they were going to get whooped next week. Like, y'all just got beat, and y'all are still talking. Like, Like, as I say, I mean, I don't care care if you talk trash but you know you have to you know reap the 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 consequences of you talking trash and you get your ass beat you know what i mean so i got no problem if you want to talk trash but still talking trash after you just literally got blown out i don't know i don't do that i don't do that but you know people do that so we respect it i guess um all right let's keep moving on here what else we got um, ooh, I do not like this at all, at all. Eagles request to interview Cowboys offensive coordinator Kellyanne Moore for the head coaching job. Are you kidding me? This man couldn't even make all the talent on the Cowboys work. Folks, I mean, yeah, I know I talk a lot of shit about Mike McCarthy, but Kellyanne Moore needs a little bit of the blame as well. How he's the offensive coordinator, and there is there was so much talent on that cowboys roster. I mean, Zeke, y'all paid him 90 million, and Kellyanne Moore was still not skiing Ways to get Zeke the ball. He was barely running the ball at all, even when even when Dak went down. And then you get Andy Dalton. He's serviceable, folks. If I had to endure a season of Andy Dalton on the Dolphins, I th- I think we we could go eight and eight and make the playoffs, possibly at least eight and eight with Andy Dalton. I would feel confident if for one for one for one season, folks. I'm not talking about you know ten seasons because we saw what happens. You know, then you turn into the Bengals and nothing good comes from that so yeah give me one season with Andy Dalton that'd be fine but Kellyanne Moore couldn't even make it work with him and he's got weapons on the offensive side of the ball I don't get it Amari Cooper Michael Gallup I mean uh, what are we doing here CeeDee Lamb I mean he's got all this talent and they still weren't able to win the division I mean what are they easily had the most talented roster in the NFC East by far I mean did you see what Washington was working with Taylor Heineke Dwayne Haskins only Terry uh, McLaurin I mean I mean, Antonio Gibson was knocked up, like, every other week, (laughs) banged up every other week. So, I do not like this. Kellyanne Moore, I don't like him as a play caller. He hasn't done anything. And now he's going for a head coaching job. Ooh, I would definitely stay away from this. I don't like this for the Eagles. Um, I think this is a big mistake here. Ooh, big mistake. Um. (sighs) <laughs> Alrighty. Um, yesterday was pretty funny because the Bears general manager gave, he either gave like a p- press conference or he answered some questions because we got some great quotes from this man. So, this is one quote from Bears general manager Ryan Pace. Quote, everything is on the table At the quarterback position Of course it is, of course it is I mean, you'd be foolish not to say this Are we really saying that Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky Are good quarterbacks? They're not, folks Can we be real with ourselves? Um, They just got it wrong I mean, none of these quarterbacks can play None of these quarterbacks will win you a championship I get Nick Foles did But the circumstances were wonky He's a backup He thrives under having no pressure on him He just comes in, oh, the starting quarterbacks down? All right, I'll go in. I'll sling it around. Oh, I've got no fear. Uh, I'm the backup. Y'all gonna blame the backup? You're gonna play? Y- y'all gonna blame little low backup me because I didn't go out and win the game? I mean, nobody does that. You can't blame the backup quarterback. You can, you know, you know, when they lose the game on game day. But when you talk next week, two weeks down the road, everybody forgets. Oh, oh, the backup played. That's why. Oh yeah, that's right. That's why they lost week 15 because the backup was in. You know, you understanding? So, uh, yes, everything's on the table. And then we get an even better quote here. Uh, Bears president. Now this is the president, not the general manager, Bears president, 10 Phillips on the team. Quote, these are quotes, folks. Here it is. Quote, have we gotten the quarterback situation right? No. Have we won enough games? No. But everything else is there. And that's what we've been saying, folks. The Bears are good. I like Matt Nagy. He's really scheming ways for Mitch Trubisky to look good. They've got decent weapons, not great weapons, but good weapons. Allen Robinson's a great wide receiver. Cordell Patterson, in the system he's in, he's really not doing great. Because Mitch Trubisky can't really extend the ball deep down the field, and that's kind of Cordell Patterson a little bit. So, um, you know, a little bit of uh, a little bit of a mismatch between their weapons and the quarterback. Obviously, you know, you get rid of get rid of the quarterback, and your weapons are now good. The defense has always been fine. That was probably the strength of this entire Bears team, just the defensive side of the ball. So, yes, I mean, the president knows what's up. They don't have the quarterback situation, right? But everything else is fine, and they know it's just going to be a quick fix. This is not a total rebuild that they're going into. That's why they kept the general manager. That's why they kept Matt Nagy. You know, two two days ago, I think, they announced that they're keeping basically everybody, and they're just going to make a switch at quarterback. And that's exactly what is wrong with the Bears. Just the quarterback. Just Mitch Trubisky. That's it. So Mitch Trubisky is going to be 100% out. If he's not out, he's a backup. And he's only a backup because he knows the Bears' offense pretty well. He's been there for a long time. He hasn't mastered it, obviously, clearly. And he never will master the offense. But he knows the offense. And if you need a backup, you want somebody that knows your offense. So if he, if they still take him, it'll be for real cheap because he's on his contract here. And they, he'll be a backup. Other, Other than that, he's out. Alrighty, and then the last story to talk about is the blockbuster trade that happened in the NBA yesterday. If you don't know, James Harden is out of Houston, folks. He finally got his way and has kind of muscled his way out of Houston. I've got no problem with that. I mean, owners say it's a business all the time. So if players don't want to play somewhere and they, you know, go out on Twitter and make a big scene and a big fuss to get out of a team, I actually have no problem with that. Do you? I mean, you're the player, you hold all the cards, it's your talent, it's the owners, you know, profiting off of you and the owners would get rid of you in a heartbeat. So if you want to leave, yeah, easy. Take that, take that. I'd do that. If I'm on the Knicks, or I shouldn't say Knicks because they are a little bit up and coming. I do kind of like what Tom Timoteau's doing there early in the season. Um, Who's a bad team? I don't even know. Maybe the Timberwolves? Yeah, they're pretty bad. If I was on the Timberwolves, I'd be demanding a trade, absolutely. I'd be doing what James Harden's doing. Um, so, James Harden, big trade here So, James Harden, that's what the Nets get Nets only get James Harden in this trade Which is, you know, pretty good I mean, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving Great talent-wise But, um, you know, mm, who's going to be the leader? Who's going to be the one that takes the last second shot? Who's going to be kind of the vocal leader? The voice on the floor? Who's going to be the voice in the media? Who are they going to go to blame when they lose? I mean, uh, that's where the fireworks are going to happen, folks all right, the Rockets, they get Victor Oladipo, and I think that is absolutely fantastic. Um, I loved John Wall, what he's doing in Houston already this season. Now with James Harden, I mean, he wasn't even going 100% out there, and that's real obvious. I mean, I think I don't think anybody thought he was actually playing for real out there. So now um, John Wall gets a little extra help here. Victor Oladipo, a great player for the Pacers who was on the Pacers now in Houston. And I really think Oladipo and John Wall can really work and kind of win some games here. So I'm definitely excited for Oladipo. He kind of got out of the Pacers. I don't think he even really wanted to be there anymore. Uh, John Wall was very upset at James Harden that he wasn't going 100% and everybody else was. So now you get Oladipo on there, absolutely fantastic. And the Rockets get three Brooklyn Nets first-rounders, four Brooklyn Nets first-round swap straight up. So they're getting a lot of picks. I don't like picks in the NBA at all. I would just go for players like I would have done what the Nets did. Yes, I'd trade everything. I don't care. I'm getting the biggest t- I'm getting 3 of the top 10 NBA players on my roster. Yes, I sell out. I sell my future. Yes, get get those picks out of here. Picks are trash normally. All the Pacers, they get Karis Levert, and that's a great pickup for them. I mean, this Pacers team is already really good. They really didn't need Victor Oladipo. Oladipo kind of put them on the map for one season, and then he kind of got shuffled out to the backside now that Sabonis is playing very well and all that. So now they get Karis Levert, and that's a great pickup for the Pacers. He was great on the Nets. The Nets are definitely going to you know miss him, um, You know, but they got James Harden, so they're, <laughs> they're not going to miss him too much. Um, and then the Cavs get Jared Allen and uh, Teron Prince, so some beef up there for the Cavs and, you know, young upcoming team in uh, Cleveland, so nice uh, nice building blocks there as well. So everybody really got better on this trade. I don't think a team took a deal that made them worse. I think the Pacers got a lot better. Um, not a lot better, but, you know, you trade, you know, Oladipo for Kar- Karis LeVert, and, you know, you don't need Oladipo. You don't need him anymore, unfortunately. Um, Cavs I mean Jared Allen's pretty decent I'm a a fan of his And James Harden goes to the Nets And that's exactly what he wanted Team up with the big three Get out of Houston Have a chance at a ring That's what he's got So and then I, I think honestly I think honestly the Rockets won the trade in this one No more James Harden, so that's a headache they don't have to worry about anymore. You get Victor Oladipo, who wants to be playing for Houston. You get a ton of picks. Your future is set. Although, I mean, they're probably not going to do anything with the picks because picks don't make an immediate impact in the NBA. And, you know, once they finally get good, they're usually off the team. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I would say the Rockets won the trade here. Big old blockbuster trade. James Harden to the Nets um all righty those are all the stories that we needed to talk about so let's dive into uh the games the divisional round of the playoffs four games two games on saturday two games on sunday no three days of football anymore truly truly unfortunate but um you know we get playoffs and i you know i think i would take playoffs rather than you know some not great games so we're gonna guess. We're gonna talk out the game a little bit, guess the line, and then once we've guessed them, then we'll go to DraftKings and uh, look at what the actual lines are. Talk about it again. See where we were right. See where we were wrong. And uh, see if we get any good value. Is Vegas, you know, kind of downplaying any team, overplaying one team? Let's see if we can break the bank here. Let's see if we could break Vegas. So, without further ado, the first matchup is Rams Packers. It's the Saturday game at 4:35. So. I mean, Packers, first game. I mean, we haven't seen them last week because they had the number one buy in the NFC. So, very well done to them. This Rams team, we saw what they did. Not very impressive. Nine completions by Jared Goff. Not the best. That's not going to get it done in Green Bay. I can guarantee you that. Um Packers, they're looking real good. Um, Aaron Rodgers is just slinging this ball. I think he should be the MVP. He's got great weapons. The defense is actually real, real good this season. Um, You know, as I said, this Green Bay Packers offense is obviously the best thing about the team. And then the defense is basically the game manager, which is kind of crazy. I don't know if there's been another team where the defense is the game manager, which is kind of crazy to think about. So... Rams their offense is super spotty it's super hit and miss I mean I mean they put up 30 points with Jared Goff having 10 completions nine completions they'll put up 30 points when Jared Goff you know throws for 350 yards so it it makes no sense of of how they score you cannot correlate their score to any part of their offense it's really their defense that really is the main thing about this Rams now this is like a classic Rams team the defense is a major part of it in the Quarterback is just a game manager. That's how it's supposed to be, but the Packers kind of flip it and reverse it. You got Aaron Rodgers, who is, you know, the kind of the main focus, and then the defense is the game manager. So um, I do quickly want to bring up the. If you don't know this website, rotowire.com, you can find the weather predictions of all NFL games, and it's very, very accurate, and I love going to this, so here we go. In the Rams-Packers game, because this one is in the Packers' home stadium, we know it's cold there. Um... But the forecast there, it's going to be cloudy. Um, it's going to be 33 degrees, so very, very cold, and a 6% chance of snow. So it's probably not going to snow, but it is going to be cold. And we're talking about a Rams team who's in L.A., who's in a dome, whose Jared Goff has got a little injured thumb, a little banged up. And do you know what happens in the cold with injured bones and joints? They get a little stiff. They get a little tense. They get a little tight. And... <laughs> The Rams, I mean, they barely were throwing the ball last week. Now, I definitely don't know if John Walford's going to play or not. That's still up in the air. I would assume Walford is not going to play since Jared Goff already played last week. He didn't look great. The thumb was definitely bothering you. You can definitely tell throughout the game. So maybe they do go to John Walford. And if that happens, then the Rams are probably going to be a little bit better. So a lot of question marks still up in the air, but this Packers team, they're the real deal. They've had a week off. That's probably gonna bode well for Aaron Rodgers. He's usually pretty good on taking a game off and still maintaining, you know, game rhythm and game shape and still knowing situational awareness when he comes back from that bye. They've got a good head coach. I like their head coach, smart head coach, Matt LaFleur. The Rams have a good head coach too, but um, all things considered, we can't trust this Rams offense, but we can definitely trust the Packers offense. This Rams defense is good. and it, it, Will they be able to kind of give Aaron Rodgers trouble? That's something that is going to definitely play a huge part in this game because we saw the Rams defense absolutely lock up everybody on that Seahawks offense. They could do nothing, folks. This Packers de- um, team is a little bit, def- uh, little bit different. Um, you know, they're out in the elements here. They had that extra week to prepare. How is that going to play? I think it's going to be Aaron Rodgers just manipulating this Rams defense. I think this Packers team is going to be smart enough. They had the extra week to kind of prepare and look at everything that this Rams defense can do. So we're officially going to call this one Packers minus six and a half. Try to get a, under that um, seven point hook. Trying to take of what Vegas was kind of, you know, um, what they were kind of, you know, valuing high from last week. You know, the Bills, Colts, you know, that was a six-and-a-half point spread. And I kind of feel like that game is going to kind of play, not really play similar, but be kind of similar in the matchup of, you know, we ha- we clearly have a better team. The Bills were clearly the better team than the Colts. Packers are clearly the better team than the Rams, I would say. Um <clears throat> But maybe the Rams are competitive for a game, maybe, but I, I don't think they are. I'm, I'm, I really think if Jared Goff's going to play, it's going to be cold, and he's really not going to be productive at all. And then you got John Walford, who's very, very timid because he just got lit up last week, got knocked out of a game. So you either go with a timid quarterback, and this Packers team is going to know that and press the heck out of him, or you go with the little banged-up quarterback, which is going to be cold and is going to affect his throwing motion. So you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't, if you're Sean McVay, and I Think in this situation, you just have to rock with your A1 number one guy, Jared Goff. So we're gonna call this one Packers minus six and a half. Packers off a of buy. Aaron Rodgers, weapons, weapons to the max. Head coach great, running back great, running backs great. I should say Aaron Jones. Um, and I'm forgetting the second one. There is another running back they got that that can take it over. We put him on the cash list once, so must be good, right? <laughs> Alrighty, so Packers minus six and a half. Alrighty, Ravens and Bills, and oh my goodness, I cannot wait for this game. I mean, all these games are great, but I definitely do want to see Ravens versus Bills. Ooh, this is going to be good, folks. Oh my goodness, and I'm still wrestling on who I want to win and who I want to root for and who I think is going to win, but let's talk it out right now. Bills, Josh Allen, they were looking very good. I liked the offense last week, but the one knock that we had on the offense was Sean McDermott doing a little bit of trickery, a little bit more than he probably should be doing stop that and another real concern I have about this Bills team is the running game we just saw the running backs of the Colts absolutely destroy the Bills in the fourth quarter that's the biggest red flag there is folks the Bills held the Colts very well through the first three quarters but then that fourth quarter hit and then Jonathan Taylor starts running off uh, you know 20 yards a pop and Nehem Hines start running 20 yards a pop and then you get free touchdowns I mean did you see that first touchdown it was like to the tight end on the sideline for like 25 30 yards who was wide open because because the run run opened up the pass in this Ravens too. All they all the this Ravens team all they do is run the ball. So I quickly wanna just take a look. Was last week the Colts running game a little bit of an outlier game? Or was this happening every week against the Bills? And we haven't really kind of put it together or seen it. So we're gonna quickly, very quickly here. Go through the last couple of games that the Bills played. So we can start here with the Colts game. Kind of tell you all what I'm talking about here. You know, Jonathan Taylor, 78 yards. Nehem Hines, 75 yards. Running back by committee, 150 yards. That's a lot. And a touchdown. And it really set up all the points here in the fourth quarter. I mean, look at here. Big play, 29-yard run. Another big play, 20-yard run. All on the same drive of a touchdown. Now let's go to their next touchdown drive. 33-yard run sets up the, the touchdown pass. So I'm, it's really not great here. And this is a big concern here, and it could be even bigger if they've been doing it like the last four or five weeks. We'll only go the last four or five weeks, so week 17, 16, 15, 14. Maybe cut it off at 13. But let's see if the Bills are still giving up points, still giving up big yardage on the ground. So here we go, week 17. Who'd they have in week seven? Well, we know who they had, the Dolphins. Oh, no. I don't want to relive this, but, uh, you know, we have to. We have to, unfortunately. Dolphins-Bills. Let's see what the Dolphins running backs did this game. Probably not much since this game was very wonky and it got blown out, so the Dolphins were probably passing a lot. But let's still see what the Dolphins did here. Salvin Ahmed, 29 yards, Tua, 28 yards, Miles Gaskin, 28 yards, and they allowed two rushing touchdowns, so two scores rushing, once again, a little bit concerning because they only gave up one passing touchdown, so Bills a little struggling against the run, let's keep that in mind a little bit, now let's go back to week 16, here we go, week 16, who do the Bills have in week 16, is it the Patriots, if I'm remembering correctly? It is the Patriots. Very well done. All right. You know, we know the Patriots cannot throw the ball. So let's see how they score the nine points here. Patriots. Ooh, this is not good. Here we go. Sony Michelle, 10 carries for 69 yards, 7 yards a carry. Ooh, that's a lot to give up. J.J. Taylor, 6 carries, 38 yards. Cam Newton's 4 carries, 24 yards. Touchdown. James White, 4 carries, 14 yards. I mean, their only real score was a rushing touchdown. Once again, a little concerning. And if you take it running back by committee here, they were doing pretty good. And what were they game planning for? Were you game planning that Cam Newton was going to sling the ball around? Because if that's the case, then you are looking a little foolish because we know this Patriots team cannot pass for anything. Um, So a little concerning here. Now, the Bills did still hold the Patriots to nine points, but we're still looking at how they're giving up the points and what their weakness is. And so far of what we're seeing, the running game is their weakness, not great here. Very concerning when you're going against the best rushing team in the league and best rushing team by a mile. Like, Browns are probably the second best rushing team in this league and their bars right here. And then you got the Ravens all the way up here. And I don't even think you can see my hand in frame. That's how high I'm going, folks. All righty, let's go to week 14. We'll do 14. Or no, we have skipped 15. Let's go to week 15 here. We'll do 15, 14, 13. You know, we don't want to go far too bad because teams change a lot. We kind of take it four weeks at a time if you kind of want to see, you know, how a team's doing right now. Take their last four games. That can give you a clear picture. So let's take their last four or five weeks here. All right, so week 15, Broncos, they put up 19 points. Let's see how they were giving up these points and the yards and who was doing what. So let's see. Broncos, they got some good running backs: Philip, Rins- Philip Lindsay, um, Melvin Gordon. So let's see what they did. Once again, not great. Melvin Gordon, 11 carries, 61 yards, two touchdowns. Philip Lindsay, 11 carries, 38 yards. Drew Locke, the quarterback, the quarterback, five carries, 37 yards. So once again, this Broncos running game is, you know, kind of doing all the work here. We see Drew Locke only threw one touchdown. They gave up two rushing touchdowns. So, so far, the rushing is still a weakness of the Bills. Now, they're still blowing these teams out, and that's fantastic because we know Josh Allen's got to. The offense is fine. Nobody's worrying about their offense. But if you're gonna have to go toe-to-toe with Lamar Jackson and that explosive offense and all they do is run the ball, it's gonna be tough, man. It's gonna be a tough game. Damn. If the Bills had the Chiefs, I would take the Bills in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat, but it's unfortunate they kind of got their kryptonite here, it looks like. All right, week 14. Let's keep it going here. Week 14, Bills, Steelers. Ooh, we know the Steelers can't run the ball, so this will be crazy. If the Steelers have a big running game here, then we can just call it, and it's not going to be good, and we're going to have to sell the Bills big here. We're going to have to sell them big because the Steelers cannot run the ball. I'm praying here. I'm crossing my fingers. No big running game for the Steelers. Oh, thank God. Woo, finally the Bills stopped the run. Here it is. James Conner, 10 carries, 18 yards. I'll give a a yard and 8, 1.8 yards a carry. I'll give that up all day. I don't care about that. Jalen Samuels, 4 carries, 15 yards. Benny Snell, 3 carries, 14 yards. So very well done. All right, all right. But the Steelers are not a good running team. You know what I mean? But they still stopped them. So we give the the Bills defense credit. All righty, let's do week 13. And then we'll end it there. And then we'll start talking about the line. Alrighty. And then at week thirteen: Bills, 49ers. All right, 49ers decent running game. If um D or who was it, Raheem Mostert was playing. We'll see. 49ers. All right, once again, kind of iffy, a little iffy here. Seven carries for Jeff Wilson, 47 yards, nine carries for Raheem Mastar, 42 yards. Now, they didn't give up any rushing touchdowns, which is a plus, um, but they gave up, you know, running back by committee about 100 yards. And, you know, that's. That's kind of a lot. Hundred. is kind of like the mark. You really don't want to go. You really don't want to see any rushers over a hundred yards. Anything less than a hundred, you can kind of say, "Away, you stop the run." But once you reach that hundred-yard mark, you know, not a great running running defense day. Alrighty, so let's get back to this game now. Ravens Bills. Bills a little struggling with the run. We saw it last week. We just <laughs> broke it down the last six weeks not the greatest Ravens I mean they can they that's what they do they run the ball I mean if you watch you don't even need to watch the game just look at the stats if you look at the stats then you'll know that the Ravens only run the ball now they still have the ability to pass the ball how are the Bills gonna play it so highly explosive Ravens offense Bills offense it's good and they can put up points they've proven it time and time again this Ravens defense is probably the best defense the Bills are going to be playing in a while Dolphins defense was very. Good and they just blew them out, so that's huge. But it's Lamar Jackson, it's J.K. Dobbins, it's Mark Ingram, it's Gus Edwards, it's four deep, it's four deep. And I think it's just gonna get to the Bills. And if you, they get into a shootout, I don't think Josh Allen can keep up. Yeah, uh, this is tough, it's tough, it's tough, it's tough. But we're gonna have to call this one Ravens minus three. Ravens minus three. It's got to be that. If the Ravens were minus three against the Titans, uh, the Bills have a better offense than the Titans do. But at the end of the day, they give up the big runs. They give up the running game. They give up the runs. That's what they do. We just saw it. Unfortunate. Because I want to see the Bills win it. They're playing great. But I would like to see Lamar Jackson run, win it as well. This, the way that they're playing, is it's phenomenal to watch. So, unfortunate here. Going to be a great one. Eight fifteen game on Saturday. But we're going to call this one Ravens minus three. Alrighty. Let's go. Browns and Chiefs. The 3 5 game on Sunday. And once again, I think the Browns, um, they may have lucked out facing the Chiefs a little bit. I think, you know, if you have to face the Chiefs or the Ravens, I think we take the Chiefs matchup a little bit more than the Ravens. Um, Chiefs. They had the bye. Patrick Holmes is playing great. I mean, they're basically beating every good team by two possessions. I know a lot of backdoor scores happen when they face, you know, the better teams, uh, the Bucks Did they face the Saints this season? But, um, you know, they usually win by two scores. Um, that's what they do. They have the one knock that we have on the Chiefs is they kind of take a little bit to score. Sometimes, sometimes it's not even that big of a knock. It's a small little knock, but that's the one knock that we have on them. The Browns, they, they're they playing fantastic, folks. I mean, the running game is fantastic. Baker Mayfield's not turning the ball over, which is everything. It's literally everything, especially in the playoffs. If you're turning the ball over, you're going to lose the game. You're going to lose the game. Um. So, Browns, Baker Mayfield's playing well. This defense has so much momentum, crushing a division rival at home. So, the Browns are like, hang on, we kind of know this game a little bit. Steelers, they were uh, favored. I mean, could you believe it? They were six-point favorites. Six-point favorites, in the Browns bloom out. So, the Browns are thinking to themselves, hang on, we're still in the same scenario here. We're on the road, underdog, probably hefty point underdog. At, nobody's counting us out. Oh, we're feeling like last week. We're ready to go. So, I think there's a lot of momentum here with the Browns. Chiefs took a game off. How is that going to affect them? uh, Patrick Mahomes didn't even play in Week 17. So, two weeks off for that. I think that's a... I don't want to say it's a mistake because, I mean, they earned those games off. So, I'm not going to clown them like I kind of clowned the Steelers for taking Week 17 off. I mean, you've earned earned it. So, go ahead. Especially, you know, defending champions. Yes, definitely take that game off. But, you know... Patrick Mahomes, he can get in shape quick. He's young. I, I don't think that's going to be a problem like Big Ben, a little injured, a little knocked up, trouble moving around the pocket. Patrick Mahomes has no trouble with that. Um, this is going to be a great one. Oh, my goodness. All these playoff games are great. Maybe Green Bay Rams will probably be a blowout, but, you know, one one's going to not be good. Um, as we saw Saints and Bears last week, that was the one not good game. Let me get the Mitch Trubisky dig in there. <laughs> um, so this one's going to be a good one. Running game, I mean, the Browns, we just saw they got their corners back. They got their linebackers back. They got their coach back. So that's all good. They're upgrading. Um, It's really going to come down to how well is Baker Mayfield going to play. That's kind of like how it comes down every week. If he's going to turn the ball over, then you can say they're going to lose. Um, So this is going to be a tight one. We're going to call this one, like, you get the Chiefs minus three for home. And then maybe, maybe one and a half point better than the Browns. So... We're going to. But then I have trouble. I mean, how were the Steelers six point favorites to the Browns last week? We couldn't believe it. We took the Browns plus six. I thought that was easy money. So, Chiefs minus five. I I have trouble doing anything less than Chiefs minus 6 because it was Steelers minus 6 last week. Uh, Now, the Browns played well, and I would take the Browns plus 6 if that's what it was this week. Absolutely get that. If it's anything above 7, this is where we could get some good value. If Vegas was favoring Steelers at minus 6, I mean, they should be favoring the Chiefs like minus 10. And I would take the Browns plus 10 in a heartbeat. Um, But we're going to call this one Chiefs minus 5. Minus 5 sounds good there. Off of a bye, maybe hurts them a little bit. Browns have so much momentum. Kevin Stefanski's coming back. is just going to rile up the locker room even more. I mean, Kevin Stefanski's is probably coming in. I think today was the first day he's got there. He's like... Yeah, y'all some dogs out there. Y'all some dogs absolutely blowing them out and y'all didn't even need me. Y'all didn't even, y'all some dogs out here. So, I think this locker room is going to be jumping for the Browns. I think they're going to play the Chiefs very, very tight here. I think the Browns locked out to facing the Chiefs and not the Ravens, and we'll call this one Chiefs minus 5. All right, and then the last game of the divisional playoff weekend, Bucks Saints 640 on Sunday night. What is this? Their third meeting. I think the Saints have won both of these meetings. Not great. Um, let's see what has happened in these games. Let's see if we can quickly see if we can quickly bring them up. I think the first game was Week One. Is that correct? Week One or Two? See if we can bring these up quickly. Alrighty, Buck Saints. Here it is. Here's matchup one. We'll get this open. Try to find the other matchup so we can kind of quickly go back and forth quickly. Um. Then I'm gonna say their second meeting coming. I don't think it was too late in the season. Maybe, maybe week uh, eight, nine, ten. That that sounds right. Let's see. It we'll do eight, nine, ten. See what we get. Um. All right. Well, they weren't eight. Were they nine? Saints-Bucks, Week 9. Yes! Oh, look at us. Look at us go. The good noggin, the good memory. When you talk about this every single day, the memory is pretty good. So, Week 1, Week 9, those were the two matchups. So, first matchup, they get absolutely blown out. The Bucks get blown out. They couldn't really do anything. If my memory serves me right, yeah, Tom Brady, two picks. Not great. Um, so, let's take, you know, the more recent matchup. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take the more recent meeting and the more recent absolutely slaughter. Holy cow! Um, oh my goodness, I did not know that the Bucks got absolutely slaughtered like this, thirty-eight to three, and the Bucks were at home. Tom Brady, three interceptions. He's got five interceptions. Five. Holy moly! In two games. The running game is non-existent. (laughs) They ran the ball five times. Holy moly. (laughs) They ran the ball five times their second meeting. Um, So this is kind of crazy. I did not know the Saints blew them out like this the second time. I do not remember that. Drew Brees, great game. Four passing touchdown. Taysom Hill rushing all over the place. 54 yards. Michael Thomas, leading receiver. Emmanuel Sanders, 38 yards and a touchdown. I mean, look at all these yards. I mean, Drew Brees was slinging it to everybody. The Bucs, that's the one thing we know about them. They cannot stop the pass. They can stop the run decently, but look at the passing. I mean, look at all these receivers with multiple targets, catches, and yards. We got Latavius Murray, two catches, three yards. Alvin Kamara, five catches, nine yards. Callaway, two catches, 11 yards. This is I'm just going to do it like this. One. two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve twelve different Saints players with yards and catches that's insane twelve twelve I didn't even know you could have twelve different offensive pieces to go to holy cow all right so I think we know this one Saints big Saints big I mean Tom Brady is still, I mean, he completed 50% last week. So, it's not like the problems that we just saw in those last two meetings against the Saints were like anything of an outlier. It just happened in the beginning of the season. And now we're still seeing it at the end of the season. So, what has changed for the Bucks? Nothing, really. The Saints uh, defense is going to be at home. So, probably be even better even though, you know, the, the, the shellacking came at the Bucks' home stadium in week 9. So, I mean, holy cow, um, that really threw me off, that week 9 matchup, I did not remember it being that bad, holy moly, so, Tom Brady, I mean, 50% completion last week, that's really not good, I, I will say trash, that's trash, um. Saints, how their offense looking, their offense didn't do great. They put up only 21 points. I get that the Bears' defense is not that great, uh, but still only 21 points. It seemed a little lackluster in my opinion. Um, All right, the Bucs, they can stop the run, so Alvin Kamara, but Alvin Kamara is not just a traditional runner. I mean, he's outside. He doesn't really run up between the tackles. He's catching balls out of the backfield, so that's going to, you know, Take the fatigue of the defensive lineman of the Bucs. I mean, they're going to get tired more because they're chasing him to the left. They're chasing them all the way to the right, sideline to sideline, every single play. And then they're getting beat downfield. And then Alva Kamara is still, you know, catching five-yard slant routes, comeback routes and everything like that, mixing it up. So this isn't a traditional running Saints team, a trad- traditional running team that the Bucs can easily stop. And they haven't. They haven't been stopping them. Now, Tom, I mean, both these teams have weapons. That's not, I mean, uh, just break it down. Aging quarterbacks, both 40-plus, great weapons, great running backs, great coaches, great teams defensively as well. So, really kind of similar, but we've seen the Saints beat them twice. I expect no different here. And it's going to be unfortunate. Well... It's going to be good and unfortunate because it's Tom Brady and Drew Brees. I would like to see both of those two players win one more ring, but it looks like only one can because I think Drew Brees is going to be done after this season. So, um, you know, one's going to have a chance to go to the Super Bowl and one's not. So, and, you know, we also possibly get either Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, or Drew Brees winning a ring. I mean, 50% chance most likely since the I don't think the Rams win this week and then you get, you know, they go to the Super Bowl, so you have a 50% chance there. So that's good. That's pretty good. I would like to see all those people get a ring, at least one more. Um, Saints defense, they locked the Bucks up last week I—I I would, or the last time they faced, and I would assume they would do the same here. The bucks they don't have great corners, and they're going to get beat all game. They're going to get beat all game. And if it's a shootout, the Bucks aren't going to be able to keep up because the Saints defense will shut it down. So we're going to go Saints a little bit big here little bit disrespectful here, but we're going to go Saints minus five and a half. And at that point, now we have the decision make. Do we take the Bucks plus the points there? So since now that we've talked about the games, guess the lines of the games, let's see where we're at with our thinking. Are we right on target? Are we off anywhere? And let's see if we're getting any great value. Because if I get Tom Brady plus five and a half points... It's going to make it a little diff- difficult for me to make a pick on that one, I will say. Um, Alright, I do not like this new page here. I do not like this new page. Um, I can't, like, get rid of this. Unfortunate. So, a little bit smaller than we'd like, but we still get the lines and that's all we ask for, right? Alrighty, so let's go back to the Saturday matchups. The 4 o'clock game, Rams, Packers, these lines are up to date. We just refreshed the site, so we're all good there. Alrighty, here we go. Rams, Packers, we predicted this game at Packers minus 6.5. Oh, there it is, minus 6.5, absolutely perfect, one for one. I mean, if we can guess all these right, four straight, um, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. So, Packers minus 6.5, exactly where we were thinking about. So, our thinking is right on par with Vegas' thinking, Jared Goff, now, does this line signify Jared Goff playing? Well, last week I thought it did and it didn't. So, what's that? What's that about? We were wrong. What? Um, so, this week I don't know. I honestly can't tell you. I would assume Jared Goff would play. I would assume, but I assumed that last week and he didn't. He did play. So, I guess it was half, right? He just didn't start the game. So, all right. Huh. Packers minus six and a half. I think it's the better play here. Under the seven-point hook. That's exactly where you want to be. I do, I think this Packers Rams game is kind of going to be like the Packers Titans game a couple weeks ago, where the Titans were looking good and then they come into cold Lambo and absolutely flounder. I honestly think that's how this game's going to play out. I can't really see the Rams being competitive. The Rams, their defense, if they can hold Aaron Rodgers, and that's something that we do know of Aaron Rodgers. If he gets frustrated. Early on, he starts throwing picks. He starts going three and out on kind of back to back, even back to back two back possessions. Then the then then the Rams will win all day because that's the Packers' mo. Get a little lazy. Get a little you know. Um, get a little uh, just um, frustrated in the offense and then they start going wild and can't move the ball consistently. And, you know, they really throw the ball a lot, a lot, a lot, especially to pick up first downs. They're heavy on the pass to pick up first downs. They don't really like to run to pick up the first down, so... That's why we'll have like three straight passes by Aaron Rodgers go three and out. He comes right back on the field, three more passes, three and out. And that's when the collapse of the Packers offense really starts to happen. And the Rams have all the ability to force that to happen. But I don't think it will because I think Jared Goff's going to absolutely flounder here. The defense of the Rams may be stopping the Packers, but there's no way that this Rams offense can like consistently move the ball, especially on this Packers defense. It's pretty good. It's a solid defense. I wouldn't say top five, but I would say top 10, maybe even top seven, maybe number seven. Maybe number six right outside of top five. You can make your argument, and I would probably agree with it. So, Packers minus six and a half. I think it's absolutely fantastic. No worries. They'll put up the points, and, you know, you get the seven-point hook. That's exactly where you want to be. So, Packers minus six. I think that's the early play here. But we'll come back at you live with our official picks tomorrow on tomorrow's show. Already, Ravens and Bills, and we predicted this game at Ravens minus three, and it's Ravens. Whoa, 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 whoa. Ravens are getting points here. That's a little shocking to me, honestly. So we're a little wrong. We kind of flipped our thinking of what Vegas is thinking, but I think we have to go of what we just saw. And in the fourth quarter, they allowed the running game to get going, and you know because the Uh, The Colts were throwing the ball kind of early in the game, but this Ravens team all they do is run the ball So they're gonna be running it from the first quarter So by the time the fourth quarter comes it's already gonna be online and already good to go and already gouging the Bills defense so I Think this is great value here with the Ravens. I would take the three in a heartbeat Give me the points here, especially last week How did you not blow out the Colts, folks? I mean, the Colts struggled mightily against the Steelers and the Jags the last two weeks of the season, but they had success on the road in a playoff game against the number two seed Bills. Red flag there. The running game of the Colts, another red flag. Another red flag of Sean McDermott trying to be a little bit too trickery. And it doesn't need to be. The Bills offense has been fine. All bro, Folks, they've been averaging like 40 points a game. It's truly remarkable. So he doesn't need all the trick plays. They give up the runs. It's not good. And we're getting three points here by the Ravens. Say no more. Say no more. We'll take it. Ravens plus three. That's going to be a pick tomorrow. Spoiler alert. There it is. Hammer it now. I think that's great value. I think that's real great value. I think the Ravens have a great chance of winning this game outright. And it's just gonna be unfortunate. I mean, the the strides that the Bills made this season are fantastic, but it's still going to be a huge blow if the Bills lose. It's I mean, this is kind of Super Bowl or bust, especially in the fan in the fans' eyes. They think they're the best team in the league, and I would kind of agree. But the way that this Ravens team plays, the way this Buffalo Bills team struggles a little bit, not the greatest. So we're gonna give we're it sucks, man. I do want to root for the Bills. I have been rooting for the Bills, but This Ravens team, they're special. They're spectacular. They get the job done on the road at home. It doesn't matter. If they have to throw the ball, they will. But, uh, you know, the Bills, they've been giving up the runs a little bit these last six weeks. We went back to Week 13, still giving up the runs. Now, the one silver lining that you have in those games is you pretty much won all those games and won them mightily, but it's still... The bottom bottom half of the league teams that the Bills face and they still let the runs go. I mean, this Ravens team is easily top three in the league. I think we have them at number three in our power rankings, maybe number four. Maybe number three. But um, you know, this is a top league top team in the league, and they they run the ball as well as anybody times a thousand unfortunate for the bills, truly. if the Steelers won last week, the bills would have no problem against the Chiefs and I would have taken the bills like minus I, I would have taken the bills minus like three points at the Chiefs. It would have been like that, but they got the Ravens they're kryptonite. It's unfortunate you know sometimes it's just who you face. it's not about it's not about who you face it's about when you face them and uh, this Ravens team right now right now they're pretty good. <laughs> they're pretty freaking good folks. righty. So Ravens plus three. That's fantastic. Holy cow. That's good. All right. Here we go. Going on to Sunday's game. Sunday's three o'clock game. Browns Chiefs. We predicted this one at Chiefs minus Whoa! Great value again! Again! Holy moly, take it! Hammer this one. Browns plus ten. Are you kidding me? Yes, Browns plus ten. I absolutely love this. Um Chiefs. Didn't play week seventeen, hurt the Steelers. Didn't play last week. I mean, that's two weeks. That's a little rusty. Little maybe takes a quarter for them to get going, and we see what the Browns can do in a quarter. Twenty-eight points. So if the Chiefs come out of even a little flat-footed, it's going to be a wrap from the get-go. Plus we're getting ten points now. I know I have prefaced this when we were talking about the lines that the Chiefs have really kind of won by two points or by two possessions, really in all their games. A lot of backdoor covers. A lot of backdoor scoring. That made it closer than it was one score a game. I get all that. But this Browns team, they came to play. They came to play last week. Did fantastic. They were good in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, 28-point lead in the first quarter. How the heck do you play that in the second quarter? We saw them put up no points in the third quarter. Game's a little close in the fourth quarter. Two possession. And the Browns come back and score a touchdown. And a field goal and another field goal. So, putting up points in the fourth quarter, that was probably the most impressive thing that the Browns did all game. Um, they get their coach back. So, so, so there's just so much momentum on this Browns team. I will take the 10 points with all that momentum. The Chiefs, I mean, they've got no momentum. What's their momentum? Super Bowl winner? AFC number one seed? Okay. But you haven't played in two weeks. So I think there's going to be a tad rust there. A little bit rust. I mean, in, any team would not playing in two weeks. So Chiefs here, minus 10. I. They probably win the game. They could win the game. But this Browns team, they could win the game too. I mean, this Chiefs team hasn't been blowing anybody out. The games have been, you know, 10 less points, maybe 14 less. Um, You know, 14-point wins for the Chiefs, 10-point wins, 7-point wins, 3-point wins. Nothing too much of a blowout. This Browns team, they're hungry. They've got the momentum. Baker Mayfield is playing fantastic. The running game of the Browns is fantastic. The defense of the Browns is fantastic. Um The Chiefs, they're throwing to tight ends and Tyreek Hill. So they don't have any, you know, great wide receivers. They're throwing to a tight end. They're throwing to a 5'11", who is very fast. I give them that um, wide receiver. So it's not like the Browns are going to be like outmatched. You know, on the defensive end of the ball, they might be outscaled a little bit by Travis Kelsey's, you know, great catching ability and Tyreek Hill's speed. But at the end of the day, um, you know, it's not like the Chiefs are, have no flaws or any kryptonite or anything like that. And the Browns, they've been able to put up points all season. They put up 40 against the Titans. They put up 40 against the Steelers. This team can score the ball, and they can score on defense. They can have short field. So all that being said, I think it's way too much momentum on the Browns side this week. And we'll take the 10 easy. That's easy. Give me the 10 here. I'll take the 10 and live with it. Alrighty, Saints Bucks the last game on Sunday 6:40. We predicted this game at Saints minus five and a half, and it's gonna be Saints minus three. Ooh, okay. All right, so Vegas is thinking that the Bucks have gotten a little bit better since their last meeting in Week Nine, and they probably have. They probably have. But I think the principles still say the same. I mean, Tom Brady hasn't been getting better. He's still missing kind of wide open throws. 50% completion percentage. I mean, not great. Not good at all, really. I think Mitch Trubisky had a better completion percentage than that I think Jared Goff had a better completion percentage than that last week And he completed nine passes So, whoa Alright, microphone malfunction, but we're back Just like that, alright Yeah, so, Bucks, I can't trust Tom Brady Can I trust Drew Brees? Not a lot, but I think a little bit more than Tom Brady. Tom Brady on the road. The Saints defense is absolutely eating him alive. Five turnovers, five interceptions by Tom Brady. I mean, when was the last time you've ever heard that, whether in a game or in an entire season? And he had it in two games against a division rival. Tom Brady, this is what he's wanted. He wanted to leave the AFC to come to the NFC. Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, are like... This kid is out of his gourd. He's out of his gourd thinking he could come and compete with us, especially year one. We don't care of all the weapons that you have. We don't care. We've been in the NFC. We were braised. We were... Um, what's the phrase? You were I you were raised in the darkness. I was born in it. Something along those lines. That's what the Saints and the Packers are thinking to themselves. Tom Brady, you've got to cushion over there in the AFC. But once you're over here in the NFC, things get real. Quarterback play is a little bit more competitive. You know, it's Jared Goff and Russell Wilson battling it out and still putting up a ton of points with not 200 yards. Tom Brady really can't do that, you know? He needs, you know, 300 yards if he's going to put up four touchdowns you know can't be Jared Goff three touchdowns with like 104 y- 104 yards um so Saints minus three, I think it's fine. The defense should eat Tom Brady alive. The Bucks are struggling a little bit. They struggled against Washington's defense. I mean, that was an eight-point game. Tyler Heineke was slinging it around a little bit. Defense closes, clamps up at the end of the game on the very last drive. Um, the Saints' offense, it's a little worrisome, especially what it did last week. It definitely is a little, a little worrisome. At least the bucks that offense was pretty much solid the entire game. 31, that that's a solid points right there. 31, I'll take that. Definitely in a playoff game. I mean, the Rams put up 30. They won the game. I'll take 31 for the Bucks. But um, it's going to come down to, you know, Tom Brady. I think he's going to flounder. He's not going to look good, and a lot of people are going to be criticizing him. I mean, the last two meetings, if you're doing it back-to-back and, you know, even better the second time around... On the road, you know, Saints holding the Bucks to only three points. Four rushes the entire game. Tom Brady, three interceptions, no touchdowns. I mean, that's just a morale booster for the Saints here. They're going to be licking their lips. Tom Brady probably going to want to play a little bit better. Maybe forces some things a little bit too much, knowing how, how poorly he's played in the last two meetings against the Saints. So, Saints minus three, I think that's a real good pick there. Real good pick. Um, alrighty, that is gonna do it for us today. That is it. We'll be back tomorrow with our official picks, even though I think we kind of like everything already, but we will sleep on the lines, kinda like what we do, and we'll come back you to at you tomorrow with our official picks, maybe some best bets. We'll kind of explore the lines a little bit more, go into some more prop bets, something that we think could happen. So we'll go we'll uh, you know make a full show out of it like we do here. Um, so we're back tomorrow. Noon Eastern Twitch.tv slash takes by fans. Alrighty folks, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you.